I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. On this episode, you'll hear about wellness, fitness, Frenchism, and lifestyle, a Trey fucking chic gangster podcast. Hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French holistic tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. And welcome to Pardon My French 2020. I am Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from beautiful Monaco. Happy New Year! I am so excited to be doing this podcast. First of all, because I'm just back from vacation, feeling so refreshed. If you follow me on social media, you've seen a lot of my adventures in Tulum, Mexico, where I had the best time ever um, and coming back completely refreshed to our new offices so if you follow me on instagram you're probably questioning like wait didn't you just move into new offices in september and october yes we have and we actually did not move out of those offices i need to explain something to you about monaco real estate monaco real estate is extremely expensive it is a privilege to be able to have a company in Monaco, but it's also such a pain in the butt um, because rent is so expensive. And with an operation like Gangster Chic and like the method when we need to be packing, shipping, storing merchandise, storing, you know, all these stuff and having desks and offices for my staff and myself and all of the operations that go behind the whole thing, um, we need room. And we haven't been able to find anything that my little company can afford that would be, you know, a whole huge, like 2,000 square feet floor um, that would cost something like, I don't know, maybe $20,000 a month. And my little company can't do that yet. So what we did was each time we found a great office, I would move into it with my staff, kind of see how everything goes, put my desk you know, at the center of the operations in the same room with everybody in their own stations. And what I do after a while is I find another location very nearby, usually walking distance, and uh, move the rest of the operation there. So this new location is my permanent location, but the other locations still exist, just the rest of the operations going on there. So the previous one, for example, that's where we do the wholesale, that's where we do some of the labeling and the branding um, and some of the shipping as well. 
um, and this new location is a little bit more chic um, as you can see I've made it very comfy and very chic and very on brand and very Instagrammable and I took my right hand with me who you guys see on my videos but I don't introduce her uh, that's a choice that I made um, after I restructured and you know changed staff I decided to not expose my staff to Instagram uh, so that's a choice and that's something they sign up for and that they know very well um, so that third location that you guys see me at is actually not our new location we haven't changed location we just got an additional one and this one I know I was saying that the previous one would be a storefront because it had a beautiful window on this cute little street this one is just a few steps away I can walk from one office to the other uh, but this one is actually even more um is even cuter to be some sort of a flagship in monaco and our biggest flagship which will be a huge store will be in new york city and i'm so excited for that and that is coming at some point in 2020 that being said i hope you guys had a marvelous beginning of the year they say that the way you spend new year is the way the year your year will go um but don't hold me to it. If you had a horrible new year, doesn't mean anything. You're still going to have an amazing year. Uh, when I was on vacation in Tulum, I shared so much of what we ate. Most, like, most, mostly because I was mesmerized uh, by the amount of food that I could eat there. But such fresh food um, that I actually craved for nothing and and nothing else and I didn't crave for any carb rich food or sugar which is kind of unusual I do crave some carbs very often and I crave sugar very often but in Tulum I fed on coconut milk ceviches with plantain chips and tiny little tacos with fresh shrimps and yuzu and feta sal Greek salad and avocado salad and guacamole and by the time dessert rolled around I kind of didn't even want dessert I preferred to have a tequila on the rocks um, and that the mornings I shared with you my love for fruits the papaya I mean Mexico especially Tulum is very very well known uh, for their papaya fields and um, 20 minutes away in Quintero is where they grow papayas and pineapples and they are the best. Both are the best I've ever tasted and I had no qualms about eating all the fruit that I wanted, especially in the morning. Breakfast is definitely my favorite time to have fruit. Um, that's my big fuck you to food combining specialist, whatever the fuck that means, to food combine, like whatever I'm not even gonna get into it that's not what this episode was about um, but I found myself Instagramming stories a lot about no I don't have a fast metabolism naturally I eat my way to a fast metabolism and with simply inulin eating the right fruits eating the right vegetables eating the right amount of fatty acids not running away from fatty acids because they're known to be richer in carbs um, is actually my way of eating my way to a faster metabolism to a better metabolism no one truly has a naturally 
faster metabolism. You eat your way to a fast metabolism. And I mean, if my experience in Tulum was any indication, I hadn't been in Mexico. I hadn't been to Mexico in a really, really long time. So I had forgotten. And I think I'm at a different hormonal stage in my life where I actually am I'm more in tune with what happens to my body when I eat differently. I had forgotten the goodness of the fruit and the freedom that I felt eating fruit without being worried about the sugar content or anything and what it did for me, my, my metabolism. Fuck if I thought Simply Inulin helped. Fruits helped even more. That was like the perfect combination uh, between the papaya, the pineapple, um, the mango, the coconut water, which by the way, Dr. Gondry, who is a genius um, I think he performed something like 20,000 open heart surgeries but he's now become a gut and diet genius um, speaks so much about the probiotic benefits of coconut yogurt uh, the gut benefits of coconut and I truly truly believe the same as him I don't align with everything that he preaches because some of his stuff about lectins and stuff it's like the more you listen to him the ha the less you want to touch food you get so scared but i align with him on so much of his knowledge about gut health and the natural foods um that you know are you know food for health like medicine um so that being said looking at the effects of eating these huge bowls of fruits in the morning and i don't eat just mm, to eat I don't want you to go grab a bowl of fruit and stuff yourself sick like people do with those three fucking liters of water. Just eat as much fruit as you want. Eat as much fruit as you want until you feel satiated. And that is an aspect I think that you need to get more in tune with. Knowing satiation versus gluttony and craving or feeling allowed to because someone said you can eat fruit you're just gonna eat all you can eat so funny enough while i was in tulum i had a few people come up to me lovely people who follow me on instagram some people were like just pulling out their inulin vials out of their bag going i'm being fucking suspicious in tulum like you and then this, this one woman came up to me and said i lost so much weight I'm doing the virtual platform. My body's never looked this good, but I've got this fucking thing. And she went and grabbed literally her fat, like pubic upper area and like just grabbed some actually extra skin and some fat. And she was like, I can't lose this. What the fuck is that? And I was kind of shamefully looking at Jill and the people around us like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? This woman is like grabbing her tummy right in front of me what am I supposed to do I, I kind of laughed it off with her she was super cute very cool very gangster and I said well the fupa I talk about it all the time she goes that's the fupa you're talking about and the whole fupa talk um it is an acronym that's actually in the urban dictionary so it's the technically the fat pussy uh no it's the fat upper pussy area which is an awful name for it. It does have a medical name um, that is much harder and not as easy to remember. It's called a paniculus, um, but I call it the fat upper pelvic 
you know, area, obviously, because it's a better way of calling it. And it's an acronym. Um, and technically, it's, you know, that loose layer of fat in the lower abdomen region that sometimes emerges uh, when you've had a recent pregnancy, when you've lost weight from the pregnancy, and it's like you lose everything but the fupa. Or simply, you know, some hormonal changes. And funny enough, one of the reasons for fupa, as far as I'm concerned, is dieting. I find and I watched many dieters and many diet specialists who are the best advocate in the sense that they're very skinny. And I watched them either Photoshop their midsection and the fupa area or watch them where, for example, now all these active wear companies are actually making fupa friendly leggings where you kind of pull the legging way over your waist and almost up to right under your ribs where all you can see is the flattering line of the two top abdominals which is funny because one of my clients always says like, I can only get two abs and it's those two. So she pulls her legging all the way up there. But all of these activewear companies now are making this fupa friendly leggings, which make it look like they have abs, but they kind of smooch in, you know, the, the fupa. And of course, women know that the minute they take out those leggings or those spanks or whatever, the fupa sticks out and it bothers them. And so I've watched a lot of these huge diet advocates being so, so skinny and looking really slender and amazing in their clothing, but also putting their workout videos or workout pictures and either wearing those fupa activewear friendly leggings or literally photoshopping the photos in that area, or now wearing those jeans that come like all the way up, makes them look very slender and kind of hides the fupa. And the reason this upsets me is because the reason for their fupa is very often the calorie deficit that they take in and the lack of protein, of real protein in their diet. Meaning when I say the lack of protein, don't tell me you're having a fucking protein powder. You know I'm going to ramble about that over and over. Um, but stay focused, Ingrid. Stay focused. We're not talking about protein powder right here. We're talking about people that may be in protein deficit, real protein. And I'm not even going to push so much on animal protein. But if you are a vegan, chances are you're more inclined to have fupa as well. Animal protein truly truly helps fight fight and get rid of the fupa um and so the people that are dieting have that protein deficit mineral deficit because they are subtracting so much from their diets um and that causes so many hormonal imbalances that bring on the fupa they also are extremely scared of fruits and fruits, I found out in Tulum more than ever, well, confirmed what I already knew because I never had any qualms about eating fruits, but I know that America specifically is terrified of the sugar, the sugar content of fruit. Well, those diet people that are telling you don't have fruit at night, don't have fruit here, don't have this much fruit, have one cup of fruit, they're possibly stripping you away from your right of getting rid of your fupa. 
Um, so I'm going to be talking papaya because I've discovered, I mean, so much more than I already knew about papaya specifically. I've always pushed on berries because they're an amazing, amazing source of fiber. Um, but I do feel like there are some fruits that are very, very rich in certain minerals um, and very gut-friendly and that are more gut-friendly even than berries are, hence papaya and pineapple. So we're going to talk about those and the fact that if you want to get rid of your fupa, one, you have to stop dieting, two, you have to stop being afraid of certain delicious food that are at your reach and they are food with benefits that can help you get rid of fupa more than a spinning class actually would and actually a spinning class is more likely to make your fupa worse because of the high cortisol levels that it causes and the insulin resistance which usually shows up on your body as stubborn fat stores around your midsection and understandably and including the fupa so let's dig into this subject and discuss why you should no longer be a dieter why people that are extremely skinny dieters and promote diets very often look bloated and hide their not so flat tummy on their very skinny body with fupa friendly jeans high-waisted jeans and fupa friendly activewear so here is the biggest myth doing crunches and doing weights will get rid of fupa spot reduction is actually a myth you're wasting time and effort and probably bringing your cortisol levels up doing 200 daily crunches my take on it is when you work out you need to get your lower back and your deep abdominal muscles very very strong so the instinct that everybody has would be to do crunches to work your muscles super in a superficial way and that's a big mistake because you're not going to get rid of fat so you're going to build some muscle possibly um increase your glycogen glycogen store stores in that area which means a wet muscle which will add volume which you don't want and while it's considered a muscle which is a good thing you're still not going to flatten that tummy the way to flatten your tummy with exercise and i'm going to get to the food part right after this but is certainly not to start doing crunches or russian twists or anything like that and certainly not with weights and it's not to do cardio Think about something also, when you go do cardio and you go run and you're spinning and you have a fupa, some of the fupa physical aspect is some loose skin. If you go jump around doing spinning and cardio and running, that skin is going to be tremendously damaged by the movement, by the motion. And you're going to ruin your skin, which will take away the elasticity and still create a pouch of extra skin, which is what very often people go for tummy tuck. Um, you don't want that. So stop doing crunches. Don't rely on, um, on cardio or spinning or hit or anything like that. What you need to be doing is doing deep muscle building. And how do you go deep in your abdominals? You start with exercise that is 
low impact, low intensity, and that strengthens your lower back. Of course, the method is doing just that. And of course, that's why the method is so effective. And many people that started off with FUPA have gotten rid of it with the method. It's because we kind of went through the back door. You want to get this belly to sink in and bring your belly button to the spine, which I repeat so, so much during the session. Bring your belly button to the spine, even the breathing. That is building muscle strength in your lower back that will kind of whoosh everything in in the front rather than build volume, muscular volume with glycogen stores in the front and wet muscle, which will add actually rather than diminish the volume that you have in the front lower abdomen. So if that makes sense, you need to kind of walk away from the myth that doing crunches will get rid of FUPA. I'm sure that if you're listening to this and you have FUPA, you've tried the exercise methods that will build muscle in your lower abdomen and you got no results. And that's why. You need to strength train your deep muscles and prevent muscle loss. That's very, very important. Um, Your lower back needs to be kept upright from the back. Your abs from the front will benefit and will build up if this lower back is getting strengthened and the muscles are worked deeply. Um, You also work your abdominals much better, much deeper, much leaner and drier muscle mass builds up there when you do it from your lower back. So you want to look at exercises like Pilates without the weights. I don't like reformers. I say it all the time. If you really want to work that lower back without straining it, without bringing your cortisol levels up, stay away from the Pilates reformer and start taking sessions that are on a mat, on the floor, with real Pilates pioneers. So uh, there are a few studios that still work, mat exercise rather. Um, Spot reduction still doesn't exist. So you won't burn your belly fat directly by doing, you know, squats and deadlifts or things like that. Just remember that. Eating healthy. So eating healthy is going to be a huge, huge part of getting rid of the FUPA. The first thing you need to do, and you know I've been saying this over and over, you need to stop eating processed food. You need to eat whole unprocessed food because what is in processed food fucks with your hormones and it goes and creates the insulin resistance that creates this stubborn fat area around your midsection and your FUPA. You need to stop dieting. And I'm also going to talk of, you know, the bloated tummies of very skinny people um, without offending anyone, but comparing them to those of the bloated children of Ethiopia that you know are starving. They eat a lot of carbs because that's what, you know, the Red Cross brings to them or whatever, but they're definitely lacking in the right proteins. And very often diets see proteins as carbs and so diminish so much of it, um, creating such a protein deficit. Many of the fatty acids that you need to balance out your hormone, your hormones and prevent the FUPA are considered carbs in most American diets um, and diet regimens. So this is something to look out for. Um, of course, eating animal 
protein is the best way to go to get rid of your fupa. So if you're a vegetarian and you're suffering from fupa and you have a hard time getting rid of it, you're going to have to find a way to eat whole food that's not processed, that gives you an equivalence of protein that meat would. And still you will struggle more than the person that eats um, animal protein. Your veggies. You need to be eating stuff like spinach, broccoli, kale, cabbage. Do not feed on salad. Salad is not a meal. Salads should be a side dish next to your main course that you see as something that would facilitate the absorption of your minerals in your meal and that will facilitate and help your digestive system digest. So feeding on salad is a big mistake. It creates a lot of air in your body, a lot of bloat. It makes your, your gut enzyme, your, your stomach enzyme work over time. They are exhausted. They bloat. They create cortisol rising and insulin resistance. And of course, stubborn fat stores around the midsection area. Fruits. Let's talk about fruits. Not everybody has papaya at their reach, but I'm still going to talk about it. And if you can find it because you're in Miami or because you go to a place that, that you know, brings it in from all these exotic places, then you want to be having papaya. And I'm going to talk about it for a good five minutes. But before that, eating bananas. So you see, again, that's where the dieters are like shaking their heads no. But that's why many, many dieters have pupa. Even the skinny, skinny gurus that are, you know, so skinny and so attractive in their clothing really look, look, look at their fupa. They have fupa very often. I'm not targeting anybody in general. I'm not talking about anyone specific. When I started talking about fupa, when I was in Tulum, someone sent me a message that really upset me and said, copycat doesn't have fupa. She actually looks pretty good for her age. Who the fuck said I am actually catering to copy cow? I'm not putting out this content for that bitch. She copies enough of my shit that I don't need her to take my health advice and look better and then claim that it's thanks to her stupid program. So first of all, don't look for drama in my content. There is none. When I put content out there, especially when it's about health and in this case, FUPA, don't try to bring the copycat drama into it. When there is copycat drama, trust me, I talk about it. And I talk about it openly. So you don't need to go read between the lines and find copycat um, illusions in what I speak about. Um, and I'm not even going to look at copycat's fupa or lack of fupa thereof because I couldn't give a shit what she looks like. Um, so yeah, Ingrid, stop rambling. Fruits, banana, orange, apples, pineapple, pears. I'm going to put an emphasis on pineapple and on papaya because the people that are suffering from fupa very often are dieting and are very, very afraid of the sugar content in fruits. And this fear needs to get the fuck out the door. So let's talk about that um, more in detail after. But let me just get over you know, the overall stuff you should be eating. You need to be eating fatty acids. I know I repeat this on all of my hormone and weight loss episodes, but I can't repeat it enough. You need to be having olive oil every day. You need to be having oily fishes. So wild salmon, mackerel, sardines, real butter, have real butter. 
don't have anything else but real butter. Real butter is healthy for you. And I spoke to a client yesterday. We were doing a consult. I'm not going to talk about her situation in particular. But I said to her, you need oil and butter the same way that a bicycle's chain needs to be oiled up for things not to dry up and get rusty. Your body, to, to even... Um, detox your liver your liver detoxes you so for example someone that has estrogen dominance will be able to flush some of the extra extra estrogen through their liver but for that to happen things have to slide through your organism your body smoothly if you deduce any type of fat like butter and olive oil and things like that, fatty acids, healthy fats, that cannot smoothly go through your liver. Your liver cannot smoothly get rid of the excess estrogen or excess toxins or excess whatever is causing you to retain hormonal fat around your midsection. So before I go into specifics about fruits and get you to eat fruits again, the way that I realized when I was in Tulum that women are so scared of fruits, um, while we French people eat fruits like we have a license to eat them because they are God's candy. And so um, it's never come down on me that the sugar content should be a concern but then when I started posting so much of the fruit I was enjoying in Tulum, I got so many messages about the sugar content and also about fruit combining. I'm never going to go into the discussion of fruit combining. The only fruit combination that I think is absolutely horrible is putting pineapple on your pizza. Uh, I will not even discuss fruit combining as a subject because this is totally made up by this new generation health um, guru assholes and it's like another trend that's been created to put you in this restrictive mindset of eating according to a plan so I'm not even gonna pay it no mind now what was coming to me naturally eating fruits which is something I eat every day and if I have a craving the first thing that I will gravitate towards is actually a fruit a big glass of water or a fruit, or a simply inulin coffee. And it's never actually come to my mind to even share this habit with you on my Instagram because it was so natural. I'm like, yeah, people just eat fruit. But the fruit in Tulum was actually so gorgeous to look at that I shared so much of it. And the reactions, the fear in the messages, like how can you eat so much fruit and actually not gain weight, was unbeknownst to me and this is when I realized that fupa is something that's probably caused by the fact that we restrict so much natural sugars in our diets we stay away from carb-rich food that are actual fatty acids and good fats that we need to be eating and the fact that we gravitate towards sugar alternatives that are so bad for our hormones stuff like smart sweets and sucrine syrup um sucrine sugar stevia truvia 
all this mentality of alternatives and people selling you that they're fiber, so they're indigestible. And actually, there's a as I'm recording this podcast, there's a huge, huge um, talk about IMOs, which is what Smart Sweets falls into. And it's crazy because I've been watching even some of my closest friends raving about Smart Sweets. Like, yeah, I'm getting my fiber in. Are you a fucking idiot? And I am sorry, but this is actually to some of my closest friends who are raving about smart sweets. Yes, I'm asking them, are you a fucking idiot? When something is too good to be true, it definitely is. You know what's not too good to be true? The fact that eating fruit is actually good for you and will help your digestion, will help your hormones, and will prevent you from keeping that ugly fupa. So yeah, smart sweets... And yes, I'm naming the company, but it's not the only one. There are a few protein bars also that are guilty of this, have something that's called IMO. And um, I don't want to go deeply into the subject, even though someone has almost, almost, she then backtracked because she realized it made no sense. And it was very easy to figure out online that it's simply inulin or inulin is not an IMO. What an IMO is, is a molecule that looks like fiber and acts like fiber, but it's lab made, it's made in a lab. And so what happens is that uh, the FDA, which I think is the most crooked agency, um, is now asking these companies like Smart Sweet and Sucrine and Fiber Syrup, which you've seen me use, but you don't see me use it every day, um, is asking them to relabel and not count um, the IMO, so whatever, you know, this fiber that they're using, um, which is lab made, and not see it as a carb-free thing. So anyways, the FDA is asking these companies that are making this fiber products, sweet products that people gravitate to in excitement, saying, oh my God, I could be getting my fiber fix from eating this candy, which is complete bullshit. Um, and definitely would get the French radar to either laugh out loud or implore um, whoever buys into that shit to just, you know, if you want a fucking candy, just eat a candy. Like if I want candies, I'm gonna grab a handful of Haribo's. It happens to me super often. It does happen to me before my period. You know, if I want fucking candy, I'm gonna eat a real fucking candy. I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat Haribo candies. And don't send me messages telling me what shit's in there. Cause you know what? Your fucking smart sweets are as stupid as stupid can be. You cannot get fiber from something that was created in a lab. There's absolutely nothing natural about something like Smart Sweets. I've mentioned the same exact thing about Sucrine, which has erythrol in it, but also has traces of stevia or truvia, something called truvial. I've discussed it, and this is why I kind of use Sucrine um, once in a while, and then the rest of the time I use coconut sugar. Um, and if I don't have coconut sugar, a lot of people when I travel go, well, if you don't bring your sugar with me, and there's no way I'm going to bring my fucking sugar with me, because um, I'm like fucking normal, I uh, actually will just have brown sugar. I gravitate towards brown sugar. If I cannot have plant-based milk, I'm not milk intolerant, but I digest plant-based milk better than if I'm traveling and I really don't want their almond milk because I'm pretty sure that whatever hotel offers today almond milk is going to give me an almond milk that has gums in it and 
soy lecithin and I don't want none of that. I don't want any thickeners. I don't want any xanthan gum. I don't want guar gum. I don't want any of that shit. And I know that those milks that they have will have that unless you gravitate, like I said, yourself and order uh, yourself from, you know, what I love, Plenish Milk or Elmhurst or Malk, all these companies that I keep on recommending that I have no endorsement deals with have only three ingredients in their plant-based milk or you can make your own. It's salt, water, and whatever not the plant-based milk is based on. So for example, right now I am loving hazelnut milk and it should only have that. It shouldn't even have sunflower oil. Anyways, to get back to IMOs and I'm not gonna go deep into it, what I was trying to say here, stay away from stuff that are alternative to sugar in an effort to be healthier and get closer to the natural form of sugar in fruits that to me, a fruit is not even a sweet. It has sugar in it, but there's no way that you know animals in the jungle that feed on fruit, look at them. You know, jungle animals, Look at the animals in Africa. They're so majestic. They're so beautiful. If they're, if they're carnivores, look at the protein that they're eating and look how gorgeous they are. And if they feed on fruits, like look at monkeys. There's no such thing as a fat monkey unless he's a domestic monkey and you've been feeding him shit. So why is it that we get fat on fruits? We don't get fat on fruits. We get fat at the idea of getting fat on fruits. Your cortisol levels are rising so much from you worrying so, so much and be so fearful of real food. You spend your time dodging what you think are bullets. And so trying to compensate for this fear of, of sugar in fruits, you're compensating with alternatives that we find out later, even from the most warped agency, the FDA, who in this case is a whistleblower for IMOs and the shit that they are um, and, and how deceptive they are because they're called fiber and now all of these companies have to relabels, relabel and they have to stop deducting the carbs from the fiber because it turns out it's not really indigestible fiber. And of course it's not. I mean, look at the fucking package. Does it look anything natural to you? It, it, it's insane to me. It's like, you know, if you're going to eat a smart sweet or you're going to eat something like sucrine or, you know, fiber syrup all day long thinking you're getting your fix of fiber. Yeah, I'm getting my 35 grams of fiber. Let me drink that shit. If you're going to believe that, then I have a bridge to sell you. Hell, even simply inulin, which is pure as pure can get. One single process, no bleaching, milling of Pure Jerusalem artichoke root, which by the way, if you were on my Instagram story um, today where I'm finishing to uh, record this podcast, I just showed Jerusalem artichoke root being sold in my supermarket. It's fucking white. So obviously the milling process is going to make it white. There's no bleaching, no additives, no thickeners, nothing artificial. There's nothing lab made. It's milled and it's prepared exactly like olive oil would be with the cold press process. So even if you think you can get all of your fiber fix from that, great, you might on paper get your fiber fix just from Simply Inulin and say, you know what, I'm not having vegetables today. I'll have pizza because I had my fiber with Simply Inulin. You can't fucking fool your body. You can't fucking fool your hormones. You need to eat fruits, vegetables, fiber, in their real food form.
point blank. There's no ifs or buts about it. Having 35 grams of fiber from a whole from a jar of simply inulin will not have the same effect on your body as if you had 15 grams of fiber from your simply inulin and the other 20 gram of daily fiber that you need from food in their real form. I'll tell you even something. Your esophagus, your digestive tract needs you to be chewing on on food on a broccoli, on a zucchini, on a string bean, on an asparagus, on an artichoke. It needs, the, the body needs it. It needs to have the actual solid food fiber going through your esophagus, going your di- through your digestive tract and actually having the sensation of solids going through your body. So powders and substitutes and shit like that, simply inulin included, is never, ever going to be just enough for your body. You cannot fool your body with your scientific knowledge about the molecules that you're eating or the grams of fat or the grams of of fiber. It just doesn't work like that. What I'm trying to say here, you need to, if you want to get rid of your fupa, you need to stop with all your faux pas. So let's talk about what you can do without me getting all rilled up. Um, Let's talk about fruits. Two fruits that can be absolutely helpful when you're trying to get rid of fupa, especially if you combine it with um, taking simply inulin. And I bet you, I mean, if I thought, like I said, that simply inulin helped me so much, with getting rid of the bloat, let me tell you the combination with, with the fruits and certain fruits while I was in Tulum was unbelievable. And that was like a huge light bulb moment for me. Pineapple contains a special digestive enzyme called bromelain, bromelain which helps us break down proteins, making it easy for, the, for us to digest and absorb nutrients. It also has anti-inflammatory properties that are also helpful in easing stomach aches and discomfort. So when people tell you that eating proteins makes them bloated, tired, whatever it is, very often it's not the protein that's making you bloated and tired and, you know, what you think causing insulin resistance and weight gain. It's not protein. It's the issue with gut imbalance. Having pineapple, don't even think of the sugar intake. Having pineapple in the morning, especially, but again, I'm not a food combiner. There are no rules. If you have a craving for sweets at 4 p.m., by all means, you can absolutely have pineapple. Having pineapple and not as a juice, do not have a juice, chew on the fucking pineapple. Your Neurosignals, your leptin hormone needs the chewing. It needs the sensation of the actual solid food on your tongue to give messages to your neurosignals that you know that you are actually eating. Messages of satiation to your leptin hormone. I think I just confused myself between the two. 
So what I am saying is you actually need the experience of seeing the fruit in this natural form, tasting the fruit, chewing on it, feeling the solid food around uh, against your tongue, having it throw your esophagus, having it being digested, chewed up in your digestive tract. I hope I'm being visual enough. Your body needs that for your nearest signals to realize that you've been eating something so good for you in order to give your body the sensation of satiation totally bringing down your cortisol levels and really making your pituitary glands so, so happy. When it lands into your gut, at that point, you have all of the anti-inflammatory properties that come into play and help with stomach aches and discomfort. But you also have that digestive enzyme that's in the pineapple, the bromelain, which will help you break down the proteins that you ate that day. I mean, you cannot go wrong. And don't tell me that you found a pill that has pineapple in it or some fucking powder, again, that has pineapple in it. Nothing makes me angrier than those powders. If it has pineapple in it, then why don't you just go buy a fucking pineapple and eat it? I have a pen. I have an apple. Uh, apple pen, I have a pen, I have pineapple, uh, pineapple pen, apple pen, pineapple pen, uh, pineapple, apple pen. Yeah, I hope you get the joke. Next time you want to refuse a pineapple, just think about that song and you'll have it in your head the whole day. That's the curse I wish on you if you're scared of eating a pineapple. I bet you're singing the song right now in your head. Well, I hope you enjoy a little bit of that humor. But yeah, that, you know, raving about pineapple definitely, I hope, can um, arouse some humor in you as well and lighten things up. You shouldn't be scared of a fucking pineapple or any fruit for that matter. Let's talk about papaya. So papaya, uh, which I consumed so much of in Tulum, is also sweet to, you know, the taste. Um, but you should absolutely not concern yourself with the sugar content. Of course, there's a mentality in the United States that's actually so scary, which is overdoing a good thing. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So a French person knows, for example, that papaya and pineapple is amazing for them or berries, but they don't overdo it. They will eat to satiation and they will take their time so that taking your time to chew things um, will actually give time to your neurosensors uh, to send signals to your leptin hormone and to your ghrelin hormone that you are satiated. So the French person takes their time, the body, the hormones realize that, you know, they've been eating, they've been chewing on something, they are satiated, the French person knows it's good for them, but they know when to stop. The second they are satiated, they find satisfaction, they don't eat emotionally, they don't overdo it. So when I am giving you all this advice, please don't go and binge on papaya. You're not supposed to eat a whole papaya on your own in one day. I usually have a half a papaya or a little bit less, and that's more than enough for me. I will eat other fruits because variety is very important. Um, so when I ate, you know, the papaya in Tulum, and now I'm, I'm finding some in the Indian shop here, I'm finding... I'm finding amazing papaya, but I combine it. I eat it with like pineapple, mangoes, you know, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries. Um, 
So, you know, the idea is to not overdo it, even though it's delicious and even though it's good for you. And even though I'm telling you to ignore the sugar content, because the benefits of it, this food with benefits totally outdoes the sugar content that, you know, a dietitian will look at and say, well, you can't have this much sugar. Um, so papaya contains an enzyme uh, called papain that aids digestion. In fact, it can be used as a meat tenderizer. So if you can use papaya as a meat tenderizer, just imagine the incredible effect it will have for you when it reaches your digestive tract. Whatever you ate can be tenderized and digested better. Imagine the benefits on your cortisol levels. And those benefits on your cortisol levels go and and are, are straight um are straight effect on the fupa. The fupa is hormonal. The fupa, the fat upper pelvic area, is a hormonal response to your food choices. Now remember what I said. I don't have a fast metabolism. I eat my way to a fast metabolism. No one, no one is just lucky. Maybe 0.01% of the population can say that they can eat whatever and look the way that they do. But at some point, it catches up to you. We all age. Nobody is Benjamin Button, especially when it comes to your insides. You could do all you want to your outsides. Your insides don't lie, and there's still no plastic surgery to fix that. The only way to have a, a good and a fast metabolism is to eat your way to it. So let's go back to papayas. They contain the enzyme called papain that aids digestion. The fact that papaya can be used as a meat tenderizer, and it's very often used by Peruvians to tenderize their meat, um, shows you that it will do great for you with whatever you've digested prior or whatever needs to be digesting. And this is why I felt such an incredible, my metabolism was on fucking steroids. And I'm not talking about laxative effects. I just felt like my metabolism was good. Food that I ate in Tulum felt light and like they were going right through my body. They were feeding me the right way. I was holding on to the right nutrients and I was getting rid of the toxins that I didn't need. I felt like it was helping my liver detox me. Even hormone-wise, I felt great. My skin looked amazing. Everything was great. Um, I think the combination also was simply inulin. So you're, you know, feeding your good gut bacteria, you're resting your digestive enzymes, preventing your cortisol levels from going up. And at the same time, you're having this papaya with this papain enzyme. And that's like incredible results. On top of it, it's very high in fiber and the water content, both of, both of which help you prevent constipation and promote regularity and a healthy digestive tract. So imagine you combine that with inulin, which is known for the same effects without the laxative effects. Fupa is going to go right out the door. On top of it, eating those fruits is great because it has antioxidants. Antioxidants are very much needed for collagen production. So if part of your fupa is because you have excess skin from a previous pregnancy and this pregnancy stretch your skin out and you haven't built up enough collagen um, for your skin to recover so it's stretched out. Well, the antioxidants and the nutrients in the fruits that you're eating are actually going to help with your collagen production. 
a lot of people are always asking me about my skin and how come it looks so plump. It looks so plump because of the way I eat. It's just all it is. It's much more the way I eat. I will recommend eating certain things much more than a beauty product. I still haven't found one skincare product, not even fucking beautiful rose oil, which is amazing and has a way of, you know, making my collagen come up to the surface and, you know, all of this good stuff. But the food that I eat is from far the only way to have this type of collagen production. And when you think collagen production, very often you think of your face, but let me tell you, Fupa is 80%, you know, a gut issue, like so a hormonal issue and, you know, fat stores in your midsection area. But the rest of it is mostly skin elasticity that comes from lack of collagen production. And that is not caused by your age. That is not caused by, you know, anything else, but your attempt to lose this fupa and dieting and restricting certain foods and restricting real food and, you know, switching them for alternatives is the reason why the collagen production doesn't happen the way that it should and why your skin elasticity is causing this excess chamber in your upper pelvic area. Add that to the fat stores that come from, you know, your cortisol levels um, rising and the insulin resistance that comes from it, and you have FUPA. So all of those FUPAs that are actually your simple efforts following advice of, you know, diets and gurus and all this advice and that, that you get out there, those are FUPAs that lead to your FUPA. I hope that makes sense. One thing that downs on me is that diets um, actually instill a lot of fear in women. And this very fear could be the actual faux pas that causes your faux pas. I think if you're going to be afraid of anything, you should be afraid of the actual um, results of starvation. And when I say starvation... I am not exaggerating when I tell you that Instagram's made me aware of so much. People like I do very often share what they eat and add a commentary on how they choose they choose to portion it. The size of a protein portion in a French household, like how as you know the, the cook in the household, the mother I know how to serve portions. I simply look at the size of the hand of my husband, the size of the hand of my son, of my child, and this helps me determine how much protein, how much of their chicken or their fish I should be serving, for example. Um, That's something my mother used to do. And, you know, we don't make it very obvious because portioning is not something that should be, you know, so frantic and so obvious. Um, But when I look at what these health gurus, even the certified ones, these, you know, diet gurus and nutritionists and um, even some doctors, when they show the portions that they're going to eat and they instruct on in ounces or morsels of food, um, someone recently showed seared tuna cut in like squares and they were like the thumb the size of my thumb now I have a nice long thumb but and 
this person said that she's going to eat only two pieces of that sear tuna. So two pieces the size of my thumb. I was fucking starving at the idea, especially because they served like about seven pieces, six or seven pieces. I think I would have left one piece out because six of them would make the size of my hand, which is the correct amount to eat uh, to be satiated. So instead, if you want to give in to fear, then don't, and I'm not saying you should give in to fear, um, but don't don't give in to the diet fear, diet of potato, you know, fear of potatoes, fear of avocado, fear of olive oil, fear of any kind of fatty acid like that that's good for you, a uh, fear of fruits, you know, you, you're not supposed to give in to fear of anything that's been brought onto this earth to feed us and anything that wild animals feed on and have these gorgeous, muscular, beautiful bodies that we so admire when we go on safaris, when we go to the zoo to see them. They feed so intuitively and so naturally. I am so angry that diet practitioners, and when I say practitioners, it's because some of these people... Um, actually pride themselves on, you know, having done medical internships and stuff, say that, yeah, intuitive eating is great, but it's not possible anymore. Fuck them. As long as we're humans and we've been given our God-given instincts, eating intuitively should come to us even better than it does for animals. By definition, we are smarter than animals. And yet when it comes to eating, feeding ourselves and be good to ourselves, um, with foods with benefits, we are dumb as fucking doorknobs. So just think of this. You want to be afraid of something? Be afraid of the effect of starvation that your dieting has on you. It brings on fupa. Why? The water retention and fluid built up in the body causes the abdomen to expand when you're starving. So when you're hungry, some people have said that, oh, yeah, being hungry gives me clarity. And someone else will say, well, how about intermittent fasting? I'm going to get to it. Um, and it's going to be short because there's already a whole, I have a whole episode on intermittent fasting. And also, if you go on the Skinny Confidential and you search Ingrid Delamarcani and intermittent fasting, I wrote a very in-depth article for Lauren um, that explains my mm, research and only on medical, you know, research, not magazines, not anything like that. Because I don't think magazines are reliable when it comes to health. I think that editors are, you know, not the right source. Very often, the expert brought on pay really good PR to be brought on. So you shouldn't get your health advice from magazines, especially not like magazines like you know, Marie Claire or, you know, Harper's Bazard or whatever, Vogue, you know, it's keep, keep it, you know, for, I don't know, skincare or fashion, but not health. Health journals should be your source, if anything, uh, and medical research. Anyways, starving causes water retention and fluid built up in the body, and it causes the abdomen to expand. That's why very often, very, very skinny people even those deemed with an eating disorder, anorexic, will have bloat. And you will see it because the skinnier the person, the more the bloat, the bloat is visible. 
very often we don't focus on that because their arms are so thin, their legs are so thin, they look slender, it's lovely. Um, like I said, they will wear this, you know, today fashions made it so super friendly because of the high the high-waisted leggings and you know mother jeans and whatever they called so when you are starving or when you're in calorie deficit of protein real protein deficit eating real food and you're feeding on smoothies and you're feeding on um, shakes and shit like that um, it will result in bloated in bloated in bloated distended you know, a distended stomach in the abdominal area. So it's very much like the condition called kwashior core, which is what you see in, you know, the children in Africa that are suffering from being underfed. Very often they're, you know, in um, protein deficit. Um, The caloric intake of these children affected is... um, they're not lacking energy they're lacking the metabolic the the energy needed for the metabolic process if that makes sense so very often this is why people that are malnourished will have bloated stomach you know and we usually it's crazy i've said this before we always associate a bloated a bloated stomach with obesity um but I want you to realize that counterintuitively, the same notion applies to those that are undernourished or malnourished. And very often, if you're abiding by a diet or yourself, you're punishing yourself because you've been binging or you've been on vacation or it's been the holiday, um, you may be getting so close to the very same syndrome called core, And it's characterized by bloating a bloated and distinctively round stomach and and very much um, similar to FUPA as well. So FUPA can be the result of, you know, totally causing hormonal discord from not feeding on the right stuff, but also causing this water retention and this bloat from malnutrition. You know, it will cause a big abdomen and it's very very weird because very often I see that people that you know are dieting and they're very skinny thin arms thin limbs you know it looks like the air has been sucked out of their faces because they don't eat very much and they might love that look I mean for very long when I was in the fashion industry in New York that sunk in cheeks look was so fashionable Um, but today if you're concerned with fupa you need to be thinking that um, it is not a fat accumulation. Very often, the people that write to me and say, I'm doing all the right stuff. I'm even having inulin. I'm exercising like a wacko. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I still have this fat. And very often, let me tell you, it's not fat. It's the water retention and food buildup in the body that causes the abdomen to expand from malnourishment and malnourishment could be could be you're not starving because you're stuffing yourself with fiber because now it's become the big thing so you're not really starving because you're filled up on fiber but your body is starving for real nourishment for the fatty acids and the good fats that you've been you know voluntarily restricting yourself from malnourishment could be you're eating a ton of food but you're not 
eating the right food. You're denying yourself fruits. You're denying yourself avocado. You're denying yourself seeds. You're denying yourself sourdough bread. You're denying yourself bread altogether. Bread is very, very important. My grandfather, who was a very learned, very, you know, he learned the Kabbalah and he learned, you know, the, the, the Talmud, which I often share passages of because it has so much wisdom, even when it comes to health. Um, and as I shared in a previous episode, um, it would be even the case that uh, the Talmud, which is a very ancient Jewish wisdom, would have been what was behind um, immunization shots. Like, that's where the science came from. My grandfather always used to say, if you have bad breath, you need to eat bread. It means your body is not eating enough bread. And I think that there is such wisdom behind that because you have to realize that the old recipes for bread had sourdough in them and they still do in France very much. And it really tends to a healthier esophagus and um, digestive system. And, you know, sourdough is probiotic. So it all makes sense. And to, to me today, when I think about that, like you would go kiss him or someone would go kiss him or get close to him and say, oh, you have bad breath. You're not eating enough bread. You look very skinny. You're not eating enough bread. That is brilliant. So when I'm talking about malnourishment, I'm not saying you are, you know, like one of those kids in Africa starving to death. I'm saying you might be putting yourself in a position where your body feels malnourished, even though you feel you're stuffing yourself with tons of fiber and you're having a protein shake and you're having two thumbs worth of chicken or tuna. I don't care who says it's okay. If you have fupa, this is something you need to look at for those two reasons. Maybe you are malnourished and your body is identifying it as such and causing this retention in your upper pelvic area. Or you are not eating the right things. You are eating too fast. You're not eating enough fatty acids for the same reason you're malnourished. And it's causing your cortisol levels to go really high, causing insulin resistance which causes a stubborn fat store around your midsection and obviously also in the FUPA area. The proteins in the body are responsible for the balance of osmotic pressure in the body. So besides their structural roles, proteins are, you know, sizably large and not easy to transport to, through, you know, through the body. So they could pass through membranes only you know special mechanic procedures in the membranes and otherwise found in the blood serum or lymph um, proteins are very important for this reason and if you are consuming real proteins you need to be consuming fruits that will help you break down those proteins um, so there are two things here you can be in protein deficit and don't go have protein powder, even though Simply Protein Fibre is vegan protein powder. It's for people that cannot have really so much animal protein, and it's a great alternative. Like when Jill has gout, so I can't make meat, so I make my veggie burgers with the protein. But having protein is very important, but having it in its real food form. So I'm not necessarily just talking about animal protein, even though I have been 
speaking up about the fact that vegans are more likely to have fupa, for example. Vegans are more likely to suffer from PCOS and have inflammated glands. Um, but if you are a vegan, for whatever reason, it, it not all is, you know, all hope is lost for you. You need to consume protein in real food form. Chickpeas and kidney beans, you know, lentils. Um, there's so much protein that you can find in real food forms. The big mistake will be to go for alternative constantly and powder forms constantly and especially in liquid forms so putting powder in liquid and consuming it in a smoothie you cannot fuck with your body and the signals you send to your body you can't fool your body that's the bottom line uh, the presence of protein in the lymphatic system of the body leads to a higher osmotic pressure of the lymphatic fluid as compared to the water in the gut so the hypertonicity uh, causes the fluid to flow from the gut into the lymph fluid. Now, knowing that the lymph are your lymph nodes, um, and eventually it goes into the bloodstream system. I'm going to try not to be too technical, but um, the, the regulation of water maintains a healthy distribution of water throughout the body. So when you're lacking the right amount of protein, then you're ending up causing this bloat. And then you have a domino effect, causing constant bloat in your body from deficit, protein deficit, mineral deficit, because you're going on diets, because you're eliminating food groups. Having this constant bloat is going to cause your skin to eventually stretch. By the same token, you're not eating the fatty acids, you're not building collagen production in your body, so you're your your tummy stretched because you're constantly bloated because you're created all this water retention from being in deficit of protein or nutrients and so this skin that has stretched out doesn't have the right amount of collagen production from lack of eating the right stuff and this skin becomes loose so there is fupa fupa is a mix of bloat a mix a mix of fat stores from insulin resistance caused by high cortisol levels, difficult digestion, over-digestion, constantly eating like snacks and stuff because you're on a diet, they're telling you to eat four times a day. This is where intermittent fasting comes in and can help you. And the stretching of the skin from the bloat and the fat stores that you've created and lack of collagen production from not eating enough fatty acids or animal protein or right protein, even if not animal, and there you have it. You have excess skin, bloat, fat stores. That's your fupa right there. So all the fupas to your fupa I just talked about. All the stuff you're restricting, you need to be adding on. Now, working on your metabolism, I'm going to remind you one more time. No one is born with a perfect metabolism or is lucky with their metabolism. Some of us have a better one than others. It could depend where you originate from in the world. If you're European, you might have a better metabolism because your family and your DNA, um, you know, sharing your DNA and building up your DNA, generation from generation from Europe have been eating better than, you know, people from other parts of the world maybe. Um, but the bottom line is nothing is predetermined by DNA other than from eating habits. 
So wherever you come from, when you say my family is European, that's why I look skinny. It's not just DNA, European DNA that's skinny. It's, you know, health habits, century and centuries of health habits and eating habits. So you can change that. You can eat your way to a faster and better metabolism. No one is lucky truly with their metabolism. They may be lucky with their family and their ancestors' choice of food. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, the cure for whatever is caused by these food choices or lack of food choices thereof you've made is to replenish the body with lacking nutrients, but not doing so with supplements. When I'm saying you know today that your fupa is probably due to the biggest fupa, which is lacking nutrients that you've been restricting in your effort to lose weight, totally counterproductive. Um, so to alleviate the distended abdomen, you want to go back to eating those things that you've been restricted. And the best thing I could tell you is no food should scare you if it's real food. So a potato should not scare you if it's a real potato. Um, sticking to organic food obviously makes it a sure bet that whatever you're eating, well, not always, because I know in America they call stuff organic and it's not organic. But, you know, do your due diligence in the food that you're sourcing and eating. Make sure you're eating a real potato. Make sure you're eating a real avocado. You can't go wrong with real food in their real food form. Um, stay away from liquid feeding, smoothies, shakes. That's fucking bullshit. Your hormones don't recognize it at real, as real food. Neither do your neurosensors. And um, I think I've made my point. Um, what else can I tell you? Ah, yes. I did say that I would touch for a second on to intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, there's a whole episode on it. It's in my very first episodes. Can't remember the episode number because, you know, I don't prepare my podcast episodes I just go with my flow a little bit with my research um, but I have a whole episode on intermittent fasting you want to listen to um, intermittent fasting can definitely help you with fupa and even though I talked about malnutrition and malnourishment let me remind you and I've said this over and over again doing a 16 hour fast does not mean that you're going to be starving or malnourished and I always say if you feel hungry eat and the first thing you should eat is fruits. So I'm staying very consistent on what I preach. Now, intermittent fasting is not a calorie deficit. You're actually eating as much calories as you would if you were to eat three to four meals per day, only with a different pattern of eating. So you're eating for eight hours and you're fasting for 16. Why? Because your digestive enzymes get exhausted from constantly and constantly digesting. So if you want to fight the FUPA, I would suggest to give a rest to your digestive enzymes, preventing them from causing this water retention as well from exhaustion and doing a very healthy intermittent fast during hours where you're less likely to feel um, hungry. So you use hours of distractions, hours where you're working out, hours where you're working, hours where you're busy commuting with your children or that you have to be talking so you can be eating. 
and choose choose it according to your schedule and see it as a time of rest for your digestive enzymes. This will bring your cortisol levels significantly significantly down. Um, and by doing so, it will prevent um, your it will prevent insulin resistance causing these fat stores and water retention. The digestive system is exhausted from diets that tell you you can munch four times a day, uh, meaning three meals per day and a snack, or three meals per day and a snack in the morning and a snack in the afternoon. It's exhausting. It's putting your digestive system at work constantly. It would mean that you would need to eat more probiotics, and sometimes too much probiotic, including in urine, including any kind of fiber, is going to make you feel sick and super bloated. So the idea is to just have the right amount of fiber, not too much, not too little, and to rest your digestive system at least three times a week by giving it a rest for about 16 hours and eating all of the calorie intake that you're supposed to have in a day, but in the course of three hours of eight hours. Now refer to the article I wrote for the Skinny Confidential. I will link it on my story if you're if you're listening to this as soon as I release it. If not, just go on the skinnyconfidential.com and search Ingrid Lamarcani Intermittent Fasting. The article will come out. And you want to refer also to this podcast episode in my very early once during the first season, I have a whole episode about intermittent fasting. Um, I didn't invent this. It's been proven by doctors to stop aging. It's been proven by doctors to help so much with heart disease. Um, you can search it. There are so many medical journals that have been written about the benefits of intermittent fasting. Now, there's a lot of naysayers that are not medical doctors that are dietitians and will say intermittent fasting is not good for you. And very often the reason why they do that is because it cuts their paycheck in half. By amputating your day out of a meal, you're pretty much taking away some of their paychecks and the need to be guided by them. So just be careful who's talking against intermittent fasting. Again, if you've had an eating disorder and a difficult relationship with food, I don't recommend intermittent fasting yet. You need to reinstill your belief in real food. You need to work on your fear of real food. And once you got to that point that you're eating intuitively, loving food, not afraid of it, then you can start playing around a little bit with intermittent fasting. Start with 12 hours, then maybe 14 hours. It's not for everyone. You need to be mentally fit um, to intermittent fast. If you have... Um, being at a point where you were diagnosed with an eating disorder, then I would say unless you're completely recovered from it, medically and clinically diagnosed with recovery, I would say to not intermittent fast because it can push you into excess and saying, oh, you know what? I went 16 hours. I'm feeling great. I'm going to go 18 hours. Wait, I'm feeling great. I'm going to go 20 hours. That is the dumbest and the most dangerous thing you can do. And I definitely don't want to be you know, the source behind this kind of excess and decisions. So I hope that made sense. Um, we have a lot of new products that, not products actually, a lot of new formats of Simply Inulin that are coming out. Uh, the ones to get the avant-première preview of those products are our EIP, our extremely important person members. 
Um, and uh, because you are all important to us, we're also bringing them out this month. So they'll be in the shop. Um, we have the Big C, which does not stand for Big Cock, as some of you thought. Big C is actually a little pun intended to our no cocaine here hashtag and, you know, fun that we've had and the little pouches that we're coming out with and the one that Devesti made for me beautiful. Um, the beautiful bag with no cocaine here bag. Um, so Big C is like actually uh, a fun pun to, you know, the naming for cocaine. And it's a beautiful transparent jar um, that is uh, 30 grams of Simplinulane to go. So that is coming out. And right now our EIPs are receiving them. If you're interested into becoming an EIP, you can go on our shop page. It's right there. It's our auto renew system where you also get our auto refill system where you get your one original regular size Simply Inulin monthly sent to you for three months and two full size gifts. Um, the link will also be in the show notes if you are interested. Um, so all of that is on the website as well, you want to go look at the show notes for all that stuff. So of course, every time something is new, it's on there. Um, I think that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, you know, you can reach out to me on Instagram. I try to answer as many of my messages as possible, especially if there are questions I've never answered. And the big news is we have a secret Facebook group. So if you love this tribe and you want to connect with like-minded chic gangsters and myself, I try to be on there as much as possible, my beautiful friend and one of my favorite guests that I've had on the podcast, House of Lauren, has actually created the group and she is the admin and moderator. I'm also an admin. She's added me on so I can answer your questions when I'm available. Um, but so many of you have joined in the past two days. I'm so humbled and I'm so, I mean, I am so surprised that, you know, you guys are so interested in joining this group. I, I, you know, I was like, what if only two people want to join Dylan and Savannah, you know, or something like that. But no, so many of you have already joined, but it's, it's a good platform. If you have questions very often, I get the same and the same questions. Like I've had people ask me, you know, how many teaspoons a day? And I've answered it so much on Instagram. I've created so much free content. There's videos on the shop page. There's, you know, a, a whole description. I think for a website, when we were creating the shop page for Simply Inulin, my graphic designer was like, you have way too much information. It was showing me other listings for other similar products where people put four lines. And I'm like, but I want to give as much information as I can. So the shop page for Simply Inulin is huge. There's so much writing. Some people don't take the time to read because they would rather hear it from me, but I can't keep on saying the same thing over and over. So the great thing is that so many of you are so educated with it and your experience is more valuable than mine. It's more unbiased. So I thought when the House of Lauren came up to me and said, you know, how about a Facebook page? I was like, you know what, that's great because where I will answer things that have not been answered before or I can answer things and then pin them to the top so it's immortalized, then like-minded she gangsters, simply in your lean users, people that are that have quit dieting like Hassel Lauren did and she lost 80 pounds in the course of a year just, you know, applying my principles and using simply in your lane with PCOS, I mean, listen to her episode. It's unbelievable what she's done. Uh, and I'm not taking any of the credit for it. But, you know, even having her on the group 
um, we'll answer questions. Maybe we'll be answering questions over that we've done on Instagram before, but at least you'll be able to search it. It will be immortalized. We won't have to answer it over and over again. And if you are new, you won't feel like you're being left out because I've already answered it. So I you know, may not answer you or may tell you, look at my highlights. Sometimes people get offended. The thing is, I want to try to connect with all of you so much and still that if I keep on answering the same questions over and over again, or if I start giving you your tracking numbers on Instagram, I will not be able to keep answering all of you. Um, so I don't want to offend anyone. And I, you know, I'm still available. I'm not a star. I'm not famous, but I can't just do the customer service and, you know, the, the, the instructions and all of that. That's why we create so much content. It's just a matter of, you know, um, being resourceful and looking for it. It is on Instagram. It's all over my page. And now this Facebook, Facebook group, I think it's great because other people can answer your questions. There are so many of you that have now been using Simply Inulin for more than a year, for two years, and have answers that even I don't have sometimes. I've discovered so much from all of you. I've discovered from people from IBS that it actually alleviates, you know, their their symptoms. They're better than than they're better than me to answer your questions about IBS. Um, same goes for rose oil. People with acne-prone skin are worried. So at first I tell them it's a non-sebaceous essential oil. It's a dry oil. It's actually helping with acne rather than causing breakouts. Um, but I think they would love to hear it from someone who's been using fucking beautiful rose oil and that it was acne-prone. There's more integrity and more reliability if it's someone that uses it rather than the person behind the brand. So this private group, uh, this secret group is actually amazing. I'm so excited for it. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. If you're not coming with good intentions, we'll figure it out. Um, you know, House of Lauren is like literally like a Russian spy. She's so good. So she'll figure the fuck out and she'll house you and, you know, shame you. So don't come on there with bad intentions. But if you are as excited as we are to be part of this tribe and this community, just come and join us. On this note, I wish you a beautiful day wherever you are. Bisous bisous from Monaco.